Welcome to the Debit This, Credit That podcast with Wheeler Accountants, located in San Jose, California. In this podcast, we discuss how to solve accounting challenges in both your personal life and your business. We take an energetic, tech-savvy approach to solving accounting challenges that steal your focus and your time. Now, on to the show with your tech-savvy accounting experts, Matt Wheeler and Michael Bryant. Welcome to episode 35 of the Debit This, Credit That podcast by Wheeler Accountants with your hosts, Matt Wheeler and Michael Bryant. We're going to go ahead and return in our second podcast here with Eric Rodriguez. Eric's the founder and financial advisor at Wealth Builders, LLC. And uh, we ended up splitting up that last podcast into two. So we're going to get back into it here with Eric's six financial planning tips for Henry's. So you have a few rules here, like financial planning tips for Henry's. Maybe we can go over. Sure. You want to give us like, what are this? Here we got top six tips for Henry's. Yeah. Can you kind of go through each one and let us know a little bit about it and why it's important? Sure. All right. Let's, let's, let's roll with it. So I would say tip number one is know your numbers. So this, this goes back to understanding how much you bring home, what are your monthly expenses, how much debt do you have, just know where you're at and set the proper expectation for yourself. So if you're if you have a negative net worth, you should probably not be purchasing a $2 million house or a <laughs> million dollar house. But, you know, I think it's really important to really track your net worth, even from day one. Even if you have a negative net worth, that's okay. Because the goal over time is just to build and grow negative. your net worth. <laughs> just get it less negative. Yeah, just get it <laughs> just less start, negative. Start with. Just make progress. That's, yeah. that's number one, just make progress. And the first step to building your net worth and achieving financial independence, if you will, is just being 100% honest with yourself and looking at yourself in the mirror and just saying, okay, this is what I'm working with. So now we just, we go, we grow from here. Yeah. And the mind can be so deceiving <laughs> because you think you may spend a couple hundred bucks in Starbucks and your wife tells you you spent a thousand dollars last year. So sometimes you have this image in your head and you don't, you don't really know your numbers. Picture. Yeah. Yes. And that goes back to, you know, using technology. We're in the digital age now. So the days of opening up your checkbook and balancing your your book with a pencil those are gone use technology to help you you can you can do a money check-in with yourself every single day it takes one minute two minutes tops and just get a understanding of where you're at that's really going to help you change behavior over time yeah so that'd be number one just know your numbers number two is budgeting and cash flow management so i really love the rule it's called the 50 20 30 rule and Really what that means is after taxes, so after you, you know, uh, received your paycheck, you've already paid into maybe the minimum into your 401k to, to get started, you paid for health insurance, you pay tax, et cetera, you get this money. So whatever's left over, 50% of that amount is going to go to your essentials. So these, so this is like roof over your head expenses. So mm-hmm. your rent, mortgage, um, insurance, transportation to and from work, food, groceries, water, basic utilities. So that should be 50% of your income. Mm-hmm. 20% should go towards your goals. So everyone has different goals. There's no financial plan that's the same. But an example of buckets could be an emergency fund, maybe additional retirement, like a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. If you're self-employed, maybe a, a, you know, a SEP IRA or something like that. Maybe college funding for your kids. Maybe you have a goal of buying a vacation home someday. So you have set aside some funds for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a goal of traveling in the future a lot. So you set aside some money for that. So 20% of your money should go towards that bucket. And 
I think that's a really reasonable amount to save, you know, versus 50% of your paycheck or anything like that. I think that's a relatively decent amount that you can start saving. And then 30%, what I call freedom spending. So we alluded to this before. Hmm. Freedom spending is do whatever you want to do with that money. You work so hard, as long as you're paying your bills and your money's going to the right buckets, you're saving properly, you're saving what you should, you should enjoy your money, right? right? You should go on vacations. You should, you know, if you see a nice pair of shoes, you want to buy it, go ahead. And, you know, we basically get that 30% number and however you want to break it down, you can break it down to, you know, I have, you know, X amount per month I could spend. I'm a big fan of stick to a weekly number, right? So mm-hmm. if your if your weekly number is, you know, $500, that's the number you track. And that's the only number you have to track, right? Is that $500 a week number. And you can do, like I said, whatever you want, whatever your heart desires, right? go ahead and have fun. But it's what's most important in that equation is that 20% number. And all of that money that you save has to be on, has to be automatic. Whatever's out of sight is out of mind. And all of a sudden you're going to look up 10, 20, 30 years from now, you're going to be so shocked about how much you've saved. Mm-hmm. So that's um that's a big tip. And I find that it's a good framework to get started with budgeting. Not everybody can get those percentages exact because maybe you're coming in and you're like, oh man, my expenses are 60%. Well, that's a clear right. indication right there that we need to, you know, cut some expenses somehow. So that comes out of the 30, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and yeah. it, it happens. You know, yeah. some some so that's the like the basic framework is 50, 20, 30, but sometimes it's more like you know, 60, 10, whatever, <laughs> you yeah. know, just, it's different for, for everybody, but that's a good framework to start. I like this nice having a rule of thumb that people can follow. It's simple. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet that 30% actually really helps you stick to that, that budget and mm-hmm. know what your goals are. That makes a lot of sense. It does. All right. So know your numbers, budgeting a 50, 20, 30 rule. What next? So focus on your foundation is number three. So these are not in any particular order, but I think there's four key areas to to establish and, and focus on. And the first one is debt. So understanding your student loans, how are you going to tackle that? If you have credit cards, you know, how many times I see folks with five or six different credit cards and they have, you know, APRs of like 18% plus and that balances on, on all of them. And, yeah. and if you're going to use a credit card, you really should only have, you only need one. You know, there's a big misconception about how many cards you need, but you really only need one if you're going to use a credit card. So consolidating that that credit card debt, you want to try to tackle, you know, the ones that have the highest interest rate, tackle those first and kind of use that avalanche method to finally pay them all off. And eventually you won't have any debt, but just getting a plan to minimize that debt and just have a handle of it. Because if you don't get a handle of your debt, it's going to be something that haunts you forever. It's the only thing you think about before you go to bed. It's the first thing you think about, you know, when you wake up in the morning. So just having that peace of mind and ha- getting some type of plan in place to pay off that debt will help you dramatically. Uh, next is establishing an emergency fund. Again, I think this is a highly underrated area of a financial plan. Most people are quick to just call me and say, hey, I have you know $20,000 or I have $100,000 or what have you. I want to invest in the market. And oftentimes we have to turn those clients away because they don't even have an emergency fund built up. Yeah. And so I like to see minimum three to six months of your expenses in some type of like money market or savings account, at least to, to start. You know, once you start accumulating more assets and so forth, then we can talk about maybe investing that in other ways that's safe. But for now, you know, have a rainy day fund. You know, you know, most 
most folks are four flat tires away from being broke. <laughs> they, don't have, they don't have an emergency fund yeah. set up. And topic of, of uh, you know, millennials and Henry's, the average millennial doesn't have $400 to pay for an emergency. It would be really difficult for them to get $400. And, and again, these are folks that make quarter million plus. Amazing. You know, it's amazing. So establish an emergency fund. Next is retirement. So at minimum, at minimum, take advantage of your company's match. Start contributing to your 401k. If you get pitched by anybody trying to tell you to put 100% of your hard-earned money into you know, a certain type of insurance policy, don't do it. That's not <laughs> in your best interest. Right. <laughs> take advantage of the free money and talk to a, a Wheeler CPA or talk to a, a financial advisor that can help coach you to make the right decision. But usually folks that you know make high income like that, they're the first ones to get pitched. So contribute to your workplace retirement plan first. If you don't have a workplace retirement plan at minimum, you know, contribute to an IRA or, or something like that mm-hmm. to get started. And lastly is, is basic insurance, right? You should have insurance, not just on your own life. That's very important, but you should have insurance. You know, if you're renting a house, you should have rental insurance. If you own a house, obviously having the right homeowner's insurance, making sure you have an umbrella and policy in place, basically anything that's a liability, right? You need to protect it. And life insurance, obviously, being the the most popular of of the of, of the you know different types of insurance that I just mentioned. But just understanding what what type of insurance is best for you, because in my opinion, there's there's good types of policies and there's bad types of policies. There's policies that are designed for really 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 wealthy people, and there's policies that are designed for Henrys. <laughs> right. So just having that in place, basic insurance, I think those are really good for your foundation good like it next one is low fee investments so we one of the things that i see oftentimes when i look at someone's portfolio is they really don't know what they have in their 401ks they really don't know what they have in brokerage accounts and so forth and oftentimes they don't know that they're paying three three point five 3.5 in fees yeah. right, for a mutual fund or they don't know that an advisor they're using is charging them 2.5 percent to manage their money which is that's crazy right that's a, that's a lot of money compounded over 20 30 years it's going to cost you millions of dollars and again it's baked into the return right so right. the market does fantastic and the s up like 16 percent in a year and your mutual fund returns like 13 percent you're like man i went up 13 percent that's awesome but it's like mm-hmm. no you could have been up 16 if you hadn't paid all these fees in there it's just like it, it, they, they hide it exactly and I know you had Scott at Better Wealth on the podcast recently, and he talked about the fiduciary standard versus suitability. And mm-hmm. you know, this is this is the reason why they need to have a fiduciary standard, you know, across the, the industry because there's a lot of folks that are getting taken advantage of, and they don't know they are. <laughs> right. So I always recommend you know low cost either institutional mutual funds or those are things like almost every 401k has some type of Vanguard fund or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, I would go out, go out on a limb and say probably every 401k has some type of <laughs> yeah. Vanguard fund or something like that. But uh, low-cost mutual funds are great, index funds are great, and exchange-traded funds, which are really popular, you know, which is basically like a new-age mutual fund that is also more tax-efficient, less expensive for you. So, so these are things again you can lean on either financial services providers at your work that are being offered to you or advisor or something like that and then the next one which is another favorite of mine is stop keeping up with the joneses <laughs> so very easy here in silicon valley to want to buy a house just because your friends bought a house or 
want to buy a Mercedes because your friend bought a Mercedes or like the Silicon Valley episode where <laughs> he has the Tesla and then someone else gets a Tesla. Yes. So he has to get like the better the better wheels. So he like upgrades the wheels to be cooler <laughs> than the other guys. Tesla wheels. And yeah, exactly. Trying to just like have the one best up. or whatever. Yeah. One up people. Yeah. Just trying to keep up. And what I find is that if you always do that, it's number one, you're going to go broke because it's it's a behavior that's never going to stop. And and ultimately, I mean, I think we there's professional athletes that will tell you this and professional artists that make hundreds of millions of dollars that tell you that, you know, having nice things isn't everything, you know, so it's great. You know, money gives you lifestyle and it helps you, you know, retire and spend time with your family and buy things. Obviously, money's right up there with oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> we need it. But, you know, you shouldn't center your happiness around it because ultimately you you, you could be in a, in a predicament. Right. Where you're always kind of chasing this and you might not be happy when you get there. So it's really and some of the, and this mm -hmm. is an anecdote. Some yeah. of I have such a wide range of clients mm -hmm. and I have some clients that are very wealthy, you know, not like, you know, you know, three commas billionaire type. But, you know, yeah. they may have like good, solid eight figure net worth or something, you know, over 10 million, maybe 20, 30. Yeah. And like one guy would ride his bike to his appointment for taxes every year <laughs> from the East Bay. You know, he'd like take public trains or ride his bike. One guy has a car that he's been driving for the last like 25 years probably and hasn't got a new one. And he could easily afford like any Ferrari or whatever that he wanted, but he just chooses to drive this old, you know, car he's had forever because it works and he likes it and there's no need for a better car kind of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I have other clients where they roll in here and their brand new Tesla or their super nice Mercedes or whatever that's leased. And, you know, it's like <laughs> they, they're they like struggling, struggling to get by and like behind on their taxes and that kind of stuff. And they make like a bunch of money. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, these are all just because of all these little decisions you make. And, they and those up. are the Joneses you're trying to keep up yeah. with. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they don't even let your ego get in the way of it, you know? And yeah. In fact, it's, the opposite is true sometimes. sometimes. Like people that you at least suspect have like mm -hmm. a lot of wealth because they just feel comfortable and confident they don't need to yeah. feel like they need to show that off and yeah and that's and that's usually the case too it's it's usually the folks that you know have the nice things the nice clothes nice cars nice purses nice watches etc they're usually usually the ones that have a much lower net worth you know right. versus like the average joe that you would think of right and there's a book that was written a long time ago called the millionaire next door and it talks about that yeah, didn't they drive like a Ford Taurus uh -huh. or something? <laughs> yeah, they just drove a normal, you know, nice family car that got them to and from work and to and from places. And essentially, they were the millionaires and the ones next door were, you know, essentially broke, right? They, right. Were, they were highly leveraged. So stop keeping up with the Joneses. Ultimately, what I what I advice I give to people, I say, what's more important to you? Like seeing a bunch of money in your portfolio and your bank account and having that financial security or, you know, driving this, you know, $100,000 Range Rover. What's going to help you sleep better at night? <laughs> yeah. And most likely it's the it's the portfolio that's growing. You know? Yeah. Not the Range Rover that's breaking down in the driveway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think, too, there's also a sense of confidence that you get when you have more money saved. Yes. Right. You, you're 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 a better person. I feel like you're not as desperate to get things done. You're happier. You're more relaxed. Your blood pressure is probably lower. Yeah. You know, you're you're happier. You're more pleasant to be around and you just walk taller. There's something about that. Whereas when if you're highly leveraged and you're kind of living beyond your means, you're always there's always a little chip on your shoulder or something. There's always that worry in your eye. So not only compounding interest, but compounding success, you know, like 
the more successful you are and the more you follow just these basic rules right. and guidelines, the more successful you end up being. Right. You know, and, and let me say this to you. I like nice things. Right. Um, but there's you have to have balance. You have to, you know, save first, live within your means and be real with yourself. And this is where it, it helps to have a coach to say, yeah, you, you actually can afford to buy that. Go ahead. You can't you can go on a vacation. That's what you work for. So I'm not saying that, you know, don't splurge. You should splurge whenever you can. Sure. If it makes fiscally makes sense for you and if you're being responsible within your 30 percent. Right. Exactly. Within your 30 percent. And that's truly what I believe. I think you can have balance for sure. And I would say the last one is bringing everything full circle is getting a comprehensive financial plan done. And I think I uh, what I've mentioned today is, it's, again, it's really easy to, okay, I want to buy a house, so I'm going to speak with this broker and this mortgage person, and that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to figure out how I can get a house. But then you get a house, and now you're struggling to make payments, or you don't have enough money to save for retirement, or you have kids, and how are you going to pay for school, and college funds comes up, and then what about the student loan debt? Oh my gosh, now we have to get a will and a trust. I mean, now our <laughs> tax situation, what are we going to do? Right. So it gets very overwhelming, and I think that as a society, you get really comfortable just kind of, oh, well, it'll work itself out. It's okay. I'll, you know, I make enough money. It's fine. But then I always say, uh, you know, most people don't plan to fail. They simply just fail to plan. <laughs> so when they get to 59 and a half year retirement, they, they can't retire because they didn't properly plan for it. So it's really important to get a comprehensive financial plan, get your expense, uh, expense planning done, um, get a debt repayment plan in place, get an emergency fund, have proper insurance, understand when you want to retire, what kind of retirement lifestyle do you want, how much do you start saving for that, what mm -hmm. are some goals that you have in the future that you want to accomplish, your tax situation, like what can you do to better optimize your, your tax situation and, and reduce tax per year if possible, and you know how are you going to protect your legacy? So if something happens to you, if you have kids or uh, God forbid, some happens to you and your wife, something like that, or your partner, what are you going to do with what's going to happen to your kids? You know, is your assets going to go to probate court and you have to spend a lot of money on attorney fees and it's going to sit there? Or do you want this seamless transfer to go to your kids and, you know, have already people that are in place to basically take over the household if something happened to you? You know, so these are all things that can. it doesn't happen in a week. It doesn't happen in a, you know, in a month, you know getting a comprehensive financial plan takes time and it changes, you know, as an, as a new dad, again, uh, we just had our second baby, our financial plan changed, right? So now we have to include more college costs and, you know, there's more expenses now for childcare and insurance goes up. Right. <laughs> we have to update our, our trust. So financial plan is going to change, you know, could potentially annually, right? There's major life events that happen, but just having that core blueprint, or map, if you will, that's going to get you from A to Z is so crucial. And I can't stress just how important it is just to, to get one, to get a plan in place, but also the peace of mind that comes with just knowing where you're going. Yeah. I was talking to somebody one time and they were working with a coach and they're like, great, but it's kind of frustrating because it's all like stuff you already know, but it's just <laughs> someone's kind of helping put it together for you and keep you on track. And I'm like, yeah, it's exactly what a coach is doing. You know, it's not... <laughs> Like rocket science or yeah. stuff you don't necessarily know, right. but it's maybe helping you look at it in a different way, mm -hmm. it's helping correct course or make adjustments. You look at any great sports coach out there and they're just providing encouragement. They're providing immediate feedback. 
and direct feedback. They don't sugarcoat things. You know, they keep you on the level path and, you know, ultimately that will lead to success. Right. And so it's the same thing in the financial life. You need a coach. You need someone you're working with. Most Mm -hmm. people don't have one. They try and do it themselves. Right. You know, our education system and our country doesn't focus very much on financial literacy. Mm -hmm. You know, and I wish it would do more of it starting at a young age, just basics. And, you know, that's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. So it's Mm -hmm. not your fault, but you should go seek out help and try and get someone that can, you know, help you through these things, you know. So absolutely go out there and do it. Yeah. So I like your financial tips for Henry is you get the six of them. Know your numbers, know your net worth, income and expenses, taxes, everything else. Budgeting with the 50-20-30 rule, half your money going to the essentials, basically 20 towards your goals, 30 towards, you know, whatever fun stuff you want to do. Mm-hmm. Focus on the foundation, which is super important. Paying off debt, building an emergency fund, working on retirement, making sure you have adequate insurance coverage to mitigate your risk on the downside. Focusing on low fee investments to really help compound your return over time and help you save more eventually by keeping more money in your pocket and not in, you know, some advisors at some large institution. Stop keeping up with the Joneses, probably in tandem with the budgeting thing, you know, is just don't worry about splurging on the stuff you can't afford. And then finally getting a comprehensive financial plan or basically getting a coach, mm-hmm. right? A CFP or a Series 65 advisor, mm-hmm. you know, or and a CPA, I would throw in there. Absolutely. And, you know, helping you keep on track with these top six. Absolutely. And Eric, I really like that you work with millennials and Henry's because they they're underserved and if you can get in there early and they get a good plan in place man what a huge difference you're going to make in their lives mm-hmm. the biggest yeah. asset you have is like time exactly and you have more time when you're younger you know yeah. so yeah and i would say this too it's 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 important for you know the, this generation to to get ahead financially because you know long gone are the days of you know pensions and you know personal savings and social security going to fund retirement you know the Social Security is going to be supposed to be exhausted by 2034. Yeah, so we have to plan and clients have to plan for potentially not having any Social Security, right? And so that's something that we really focus on. Like, hey, look, you're going to have to fund your own retirement. So now's the time. You've got plenty of time to do it. You got 30 plus years to put your money to work for you. You just have to start now. And you can't work forever. That's the other thing. I mean, yeah. it gets to a point where you literally can't work anymore. Right. If it's some you know, medical issue pops up or whatever, you're not going to be able to work anymore. And then you're going to feel helpless and mm-hmm. in a really bad spot. So yeah, you got to plan and plan ahead and do it now. Do it now. Never too late. <laughs> All right. Well, good stuff, Eric. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Really appreciate you coming on. And uh, how can our clients or listeners find out more about you and reach you? Sure. You can go to our website, www.wealthb, as in boy, llc.com. Again, that's www.wealthbllc.com. Dot com. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. That's all for today's episode of the Debit This, Credit That podcast. As always, if you have questions, you can contact your Wheeler Accountants Preparer or submit a question online at our website in the Ask Wheeler section at the bottom of the page. Please remember to follow us on social media for regular updates at Wheeler CPAs and on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thanks for listening as we help you solve for accounting.